For many people, marketing is one of the most fun career paths you could potentially ever be on. It's full of creativity, imagination, acting on certain intuitions that you have. But in reality, marketing might be one of the most analytical, data-driven industries in the world. Think about it. When you're on Instagram and you go and like a picture, that's data. Someone knows that you like that picture and is using that to potentially post the next. Or what about if you share a Facebook post? For someone, that's data. They understand that you shared that. Why did you share that? Those are all things that people understand because of the data that is given to them by these marketing efforts. Our guest on today's podcast is Cheryl Cottle. She is the CMO at IBM, and her whole job revolves around data. IBM is one of the largest firms in the entire world. They have an incredible department that is focused on technology, on data, on basically everything that you touch. So if you're in the market today for technology, for marketing advice, for career help, this is a fantastic episode between our founder, Jake, and Cheryl. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this fantastic conversation around data-backed decisions and career advice. Thank you guys for listening. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another Trendsetters podcast episode, another one of our CMO series podcast. Today, I am joined by Cheryl Cottle, who is responsible for consumer marketing at a firm you may have heard of named IBM. And so today we're going to dive into quite a lot uh, regarding, obviously, IBM, technology, the integration and connection within the technology realm. Uh and plenty more. Cheryl, it's incredible to have you on today's podcast. Thanks so much, Jake. I'm thrilled to be here with you. So the first question I have for you is, and I preface this kind of in our, our introduction off, off uh, the recording, was that you know in marketing, the, the average CMO tenure is, is wildly short. Uh, the, you know, a lot of younger individuals right now, Gen Z millennials that are oftentimes our podcast listeners, they're continually jumping around to the next place. And, you know, certainly that had to do with the fact that unemployment rates obviously used to be quite low, um, but marketing seems to be notorious for continually jumping to the next realm, the next brand, even at the CMO level. Yet you've been with IBM since, for, or actually for the past 20 years and obviously didn't walk in as the CMO day one. So I have two questions for you regarding that. The first is, did you always want to be a CMO? And you, you got started there and had that vision. Um, and then the second question is, you know, some advice you have about sticking with your, your employer and, and brands that you're working on. So that's a great question, Jake. And, and to level set, I, I am CMO specifically of our consumer industries marketing group within IBM. And what's really great about a company like IBM is that, you know, while I've been here for so long, I've had many, many careers within the same company. Um, I had an opportunity to start out in the business that focused on our business partners. So um, that was a great experience. 
I then spent several years in the Middle East, so I was uh, focused on our business um, across Middle East, Africa, and Turkey. Um, and then I came back to the U.S. and took on a completely new role, which is focused on our industry marketing, uh, specifically around consumers. So. Yeah, there is an opportunity to bounce around, but when you're in a company that's as large as IBM and has a lot of opportunities, you get to build your skills, look for um, new areas to grow. So I think it's been a great um, almost 20 years, as you put it. Yeah, of course. And I think that is so inspiring in an era where we don't always see that happening. And there, there tends to be this generational gap um, that is created or or just this this notion this like uh, inability to settle um, even with you know great companies like IBM it's it's sometimes difficult so I think it it, it speaks a lot to your character obviously um, as well as it's it's the reason why you've continued to progress in your career I think a lot of individuals are always chasing this the shiny object the next great brand um, and in doing so, sometimes you make horizontal moves that may end up actually setting you back over time. So I think that's vital for our audience here uh, to keep into mind when they are working with an agency or getting into marketing and advertising. And something else to keep in mind is obviously consumer technologies and the implementation of those technologies then shifting consumer behaviors. And we think about the implementation, you know, first it was obviously, you know, we think internet, then we think smartphones, then we think, and now it's just like almost secondhand. And we think about all the infrastructure, Amazon, Google, Instagram, Facebook, all these incredibly large brands that have been built on, on the top of those tech infrastructures. And we're obviously entering a unique time of which I am not qualified to touch on the technology side of things, but it's certainly something we're always exploring here at Trendsetters Media. Now, of those, I'd almost love to dive into almost like a, a crash course per se, touching base on some of those top ones and getting your thoughts on what impact that is creating today. And the primary reason being, I think uh, we think so futuristic and we think AI, blockchain, augmented and virtual reality, we think all those in the future, yet those are still relevant today. Granted, not what they will likely be in the future, but starting with artificial intelligence, um, you know, within today's market, is this still some foreign thing that we've truly not yet discovered or been able to utilize? Or, is art or have you seen, you know, artificial intelligence being utilized in the day to day with actual brands? I'd love to hear your insight into that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is definitely a technology that's being implemented by clients today. Um, and if it's not, they're definitely looking to explore how to use it. And and I think at the base of it, um, Jake, you know, you talked about all of the the platforms that have uh, you know come out over the last few years. All the various companies have that that have built themselves uh, around technology. And at the at the crux of it is data. I mean, we have so much data, and we can drive so many insights from data. Um, you know, at a hyper local level, um, as you know, particularly Gen Z is very comfortable sharing, you know, personal information data, it's really going to, you know, keep that momentum going of, of being uh, able to deliver personalized um, offers, services. Um, the other thing is that, you know, with that data, we can really have a better idea of what consumers are demanding from retailers, uh, from consumer products companies, uh, which really helps them in 
in so many different ways. If it's um, you know how people want to interact with a brand, if it's how they want to you know consume goods and services from that company, um, you know there's just so much about you know all of those technologies. You you hit on blockchain. Um, you know, we're seeing a ton of application of that today, and we're going to continue to see it grow. Um, and it's it's really one of the areas that we're seeing um, great returns on the clients that are implementing it because consumers are really willing to interact with it, right? Like, where did this product come from? You know, what was um, included in, you know, the raw materials to make this? Do I feel good about this purchase? So the more consumers are demanding that um, transparency and visibility into things like the supply chain, um, those solutions are going to grow. Yeah, certainly. And I, I, I love your um, insight there into obviously both of those technologies. And I think it goes to show that while certainly these will continue to play a larger role in the future, they're still very prevalent today. And for us in marketing and advertising, um, in business and entrepreneurship, we need to be wary of that. Not that we need to be fear-mongering and talking about how AI, you know, is going to take over the world or, or listening to some Joe Rogan podcasts uh, <laughs> about some technology from maybe some, like, informed people, maybe some not-so-informed people. But I think we need to actually be thinking about the consumer application of this and the value in it. And you mentioned specifically in there data. And we hear the words data-driven, data-led, data-oriented. These are all pretty often used buzzwords, particularly in the agency space. Um, and I know that's the approach of a lot of advertisers and marketers in today's realm. But my question to you is, when? what are some of the missteps that take place when taking a data-driven approach? When does it become you know, paralysis by analysis where we spend so much time looking at the data that we don't actually focus on what's being done. Is that an inflection point? Is that a tipping point? Um, any and all insights you have around that, I'd love to hear. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, I think this goes for anything. If it's, you know, is my role as a marketer, if it's my role as helping, you know, our retail and CP clients use data. I mean, you really have to know what you're asking of the data, right? To your point, there's so much data out there. So what you really have to figure out is like, what are the insights you're trying to derive from that data so that you can make an informed decision? So I think you're right. I mean, you can kind of, you know, slice and dice data in myriad of ways. Um, but I think the real issue is, you know, being focused and targeted to make sure that the data that you're using can answer a question that will help you make a decision, right? So it's always just about getting to an outcome, right? So it's data that helps you derive insights, which helps you make a decision. So I think that there is um, there's a path that you take when you use data. And I think that, you know, there are lots of ways to, to your point, you know, get stuck and kind of just get, you know, really um, bogged down by all of the data. But again, when we work with clients, we really make sure that they understand, you know, what it is they're trying to accomplish with that. Of course, of course. And I think, uh, yeah, knowing how to approach it is obviously vital. I think when we look at data and we don't actually know what we're doing, we're actually potentially creating more problems than uh, because then we're making misjudgments and, and guidance. If we don't know what we're actually seeing, we can't act accurately and effectively make decisions upon that. Um, now, this this doesn't really you know transition well into the next question, but 
Um, I'd love to hear your insights on your advice for younger marketers advertisers. The, the majority of our audience base here is in that 18 to 26 year old demographic, and they're either starting their career with an agency or you know, w- within marketing and business development at some, some firms, and, um, or they're starting their own business, things of that nature. And from my own perspective, we're looking at the world with our eyes wide open, big eyes, there's nothing that is impossible but there's also a million different routes that this can play out. And how does AI blockchain, how do these technologies affect XYZ industries? And when, when does that take place? And how does that affect my business or the, the firm that I am employed at? These are all serious questions and concerns. So uh, of which we're never going to be omniscient and, and all knowing in terms of what this actually will play out as, uh, nor what we should be doing today even uh, for the far majority of us that particularly aren't at a firm like IBM. But so what's some some advice you would have for younger individuals to ensure that they're informed of of what's out there, uh, but also not be crippled by all of the the different shiny objects that could exist? Yeah, I so I I think in terms of you know, advice on, you know, where you want to spend your time, like what employer you want to, um, you know, commit to those kinds of things. What what I love about IBM and what I think is really important to look for is an employer that really values skills and that gives you the time and tools to build those skills. Um, and, and because the, the world of marketing is changing so quickly, technologies are evolving, um, you need to make sure that you give yourself the time to actually, you know, take the education that's offered, um, you know, however you want to do it, whatever pace is comfortable for you. But I think building skills is hugely important. And I, I know that sounds trite, but the reality is, um, you know, once you are, you know, working full time, it's hard to find time to do that. So again, finding an employer that really values that and gives you the time to um, build your own skills, um, I think is really, really important. Um, and I think the other thing is, you know, it's really important to experiment, um, you know, do lots of testing. You know, you've heard the term fail fast, right? But I think that that's important. Um, I think that in the past, you know, we didn't take as many risks and now you can bounce back really quickly, right? Because things are moving so quickly. You can, you know, use data, you can use different technologies, um, you know, put a stake in the ground, move forward and then said, you know what, I need to switch gears and it doesn't take weeks to, to you know, shift anymore, right? You can very quickly, you know, turn on, uh, you know, something very quickly, um, you know, move from one platform to the other. So I think, again, this concept of testing, it's okay to fail, just, you know, kind of keep moving um, is really important. And then I think the other piece of advice is, you know, make sure that you always have a sense of urgency, right? I mean, I think that that is something that is really valued. And to your point earlier on this idea of, you know, paralysis, because of you know all the data and all the options and where do I go? What do I do with it? Um, I do think that it's really important to you know just kind of put one foot in front of the other, move fast um, with a sense of urgency. See where something takes you, and then if it doesn't take you where you thought it would go, you know try something else. Um, so I, I think that that is um, definitely something that I've seen in my career and something that you know I think really strong marketing firms value. Yeah, of course. And here at Trendsetters, I know agility is uh, one of our core principles that, that we prefer to practice. 
um, knowing when to speed up, knowing when to slow down uh, and executing accordingly. And I think within that too, something that's interesting to note is a lot of these technologies that, that we're discussing today, then that make up a large part of likely your day to day, or at least big, big picture. Um, these probably weren't commonplace when you started IBM, I would assume. And I, you know, IBM, I'm sure they were obviously looking into it then, and I'm sure there were discussions, but it's probably nowhere to, to what it is today. And I'm sure there's new technologies taking place that us on the outside probably don't even know about. And so one of the problems that I consistently uh, fear with our generation is we're stepping into this and we have confidence because we, you know, a lot of us are walking into roles where then we're working with older individuals and executives that they don't know, you know, they don't know Snapchat or TikTok. They don't know how our generation consumes media and video. They don't know how to, you know, set up their recording for their video calls sometimes, which I've, I've always seen those people like make like clowning their professors and teachers who don't know how to do things like that. But regardless, you know, when you started at IBM, none of this was necessarily commonplace. And you, you didn't walk in 20 years ago and know that one day you're going to be working on those. So I'd love to hear tactically within education, within insights around that outside of IBM, which obviously our, our, our listeners right now aren't going to have access to outside of IBM, what are some education or knowledge resources that you are consistently exploring or you have you know found success with in the past because i do think it's so vital that we continue learning uh and, and we you know provide that sense of urgency in our day-to-day -day. so um so first of all ibm does make some of their skills available publicly um so oh, awesome. yeah. take, take a look um there are lots of badges you can earn and things like that depending on where you want to focus but w the area that i spend a lot of my time is trying to really hone my skills around the industry and understand what you know clients are looking for, what different trends are, um, what challenges they have. So that helps me um, be a better marketer because I'm you know putting myself in the shoes of the clients and trying to figure out how I can help them to get where it is that they want to go. Um, you know, a lot of the technologies that we have developed as a company have really come from discussions with clients. you know, a client coming to say, I have a problem help me fix it, right? So we have a huge um, research uh, division at IBM. And so, again, it's just this constant um, curiosity and willingness to try to solve problems in a very collaborative way has helped us develop a lot of these technologies, um, which is, which is you know, very different than like, oh, I just want to create something new, make it go faster, make, make it more interesting, right? But it's really about um, digging in deep with clients to figure out, you know, what it is we can do together to solve a challenge that, you know, we maybe didn't even think about, right? And they, they brought it to us. So that's sort of on, on that side. But in terms of, like, other skills, um, I, honestly, like, so I have two Gen Zers living in my house. So, you know, they help me. <laughs> they help me with some of the latest technologies. Um, and really, sometimes it's just about experimenting. It's just kind of, you know, seeing what's out there. Um, like I said, following trends. Um, I do listen to a lot of podcasts myself, um, but like I said, for me, I really now am spending more of my time just focusing on the industry and, um, you know, what's really happening there. Yeah, of course. And um, obviously there's, you know, a lot of incredible podcast resources out there. Um, and that's obviously, you know, a major learning platform. And I, I will certainly be looking into some of the IBM public education and, and skill sets that are out there. And 
within that, you're obviously getting some of the best qualitative uh, analysis when it comes to Generation Z. And so I'd, I'd be wildly curious to hear from you, uh, what are some surprising trends or traits that maybe you've seen personally, uh, obviously with your you know, test group uh, that are your kids, uh, <laughs> or obviously like, you know, in your position, what are some surprising traits, you know, about the next generation that might not be commonplace or might not be on, on the headlines that, you know, we, we see, which to be fair, there are very few actual headlines around Gen Z and, and it's, it still seems to be focused on millennials a little bit, but are there any that pop out to you that are surprising or at least you're, um, you know, interested in? Yeah. So there are two things. So one is, um, sort of in around Gen Z, um, generally, and one's going to be specific yeah. to retail. So the first one is, What's really interesting to me is that, you know, not only are Gen Z folks sometimes now, um, you know, using their own purchasing power to make decisions, but Gen Z is heavily influencing family spend as well, right? So a lot of brands are looking to influence, you know, um, folks that, you know, don't have their own money to spend, but they're, like I said, influencing what their family's uh, spending um, looks like. So that's quite interesting, right? Um, mm -hmm. And again, it's it's kind of obvious, but in the past, you know, it might be like you know whoever is uh, got the the wallet is making the yes. decisions. But it's uh, in today's um, society, it's it feels like it's a much more collaborative um, decision making process about you know what we purchase and you know where we want to spend our time and what experiences we want to have. So that that's quite interesting. Um, and again, very different maybe from what my family looked like when I grew up. Um, yeah. So that's definitely one thing. And we did a study recently, and, and there's some good data around that. And then the other thing, which is more specific to retail, is that, you know, one thing that we found was that um, most Gen Z folks said that they still want to shop in brick and mortar stores. Um, and that came as quite a shock to me because, you know, we're seeing more and more um, brands um, go online. But there's this sense of still wanting to go touch, feel be with others and, and kind of have that in-store experience, which, you know, it'll be interesting to see how in today's environment that potentially changes. But that was a that was a surprise to me. And again, this is really going to inform how, you know, retailers spend their time, you know, what the design of stores looks like, um, you know, how employees are, are um, compensated. All that's going to change based on the fact that Gen Z um, based on research, you know, still very, very keen to to go into stores and have that physical experience. So that was that was quite interesting. Yeah, of course. And obviously we've, uh, you know, internally with our kind of reports and campaigns, which aren't nearly at the level of IBM's likely, uh, but obviously we've uncovered some interesting insights around there. And I've always find that one to be interesting. And I think it is because uh, it, you know, a lot of times we are following such binary or black and white decision-making processes. For example, it's this notion that because e-commerce and Amazon exist, that no retail locations can ever coexist with them. And when I think about future technologies and the implementation of those, that's, I think, uh, a big concern for a lot of individuals. It's like, you know, hey, online grocery shopping is huge right now. Does that mean grocery stores won't exist? And the reality is... Uh, at least from my perspective, like there, there are certainly going to be disruptions, but to say we'll be binary black and white 100% or 0%, I think is a wrong assumption. So 
when we look at some of these technologies, um, how do you think some of these play out in the short term? Um, obviously, we talked about you know their usage today, um, but in terms of AI, in terms of blockchain, in terms of augmented and virtual reality, are there any things that you are there any specific insights you could could share in terms of what that might look like over the next you know five to ten years? So I, I think um, so. I like your example of black and white, and I do think that there is. Um, there's a balance. And mm -hmm. I think that we're definitely seeing some sort of internal struggles, right? If it's, you know, do I click and buy something online or do I go to a store? There's also a big um, challenge now between do I buy local and, you know, support my local business or do I just get something fast and cheap from uh, a global um, outfitter? So I, I, there's definitely a little bit of a struggle. And I think that um, to answer your question about how our technology is going to solve for this, um, I think kind of getting back to this idea of data and helping to understand an individual um, in a point in time, right? So it's not just, you know, what does Jake want to shop? Because you know what? You might want to uh, shop differently based on, you know, where you are and what you need. Um, you know, for an example, I might want to buy something online and I absolutely need it tomorrow. So I'm willing to, um, you know, understand that, you know, there might be an impact to the environment to have something, you know, be shipped to me on a plane and, you know, all the, the fuel that's being used to, to get it to me, um, the packaging that's, you know, being used. Like, but if I need it tomorrow, I need it tomorrow. Um, and then, you know, there will be other times where I think, eh, you know, give it to me in a week. I don't care. Like, I'll, you know, I'll go to the store. I'll shop in town. So I think that, again, this idea that the data is going to help us sort of understand individual behavior, it's not just sort of them at, um, as a demographic, I think is going to be important. And I think also understanding that, you know, to your point, a customer is not just one thing or the other, right? They're going to have different situations that are require different um, kinds of behaviors. Um, and, and that's okay, right? Like we can't always, you know, say I'm going to 100% buy organic, sustainable products, right? Because sometimes you might just have an urgent need and, you know, you just need to go with it. So, um, and I think things like, um, in particular, blockchain is quite interesting. And, and we, like I said, we've seen a number of use cases where I think more and more, especially in today's environment, we're going to see much more interest in, um, you know, traceability and sort of understanding where products come from. And it could be for multiple reasons. It could be, I want to know if this is, um, locally grown. I want to know, um, you know, how far this has, um, you know, come from or how, how long it's taken to get from, you know, field to my table or whatever it is. Um, so I definitely think that those are going to impact, um, you know, what those buying decisions look like. Um, and of course, AI is going to help us um, in terms of, you know, using the, um, the data with AI to drive insights to help um, in, in that retail setting. Of course, and it's gonna be uh, interesting to see how all of this plays out. And for those of us in marketing and advertising, I think it's uh, certainly an interesting time to be uh, in this industry right now. And it'll certainly be, uh, certainly be wild to, to ultimately see how these technologies get implemented, what that changes. But I guess time will tell and ultimately, those are things uh, for the future that we won't know today. But my final question for you, that is a question that honestly, uh, this is, it, it's ultimately, it's going to be a weird 
question, but I think uh, it's going to shore up a lot of uh, questioning for our audience right now is what even is, if you're explaining this to an average person, what is IBM? How do you define what is, outside of the Watson commercials, of course, I think there's a lot of ambiguity around what IBM is. And so uh, for our listeners here today, how would you define uh, IBM? So I would, it's a great question. Um, I would define IBM as a company that is um, here to help clients understand their challenges and then provide the technologies to help them meet the goals that they've set for themselves. So it could be through um, consulting, technology, design thinking, but at the end of the day, we're really here to try to help our clients achieve their goals and we're gonna do it in a way that is smart. It's gonna be using um, the right technologies and ultimately helping them transform to the company that they they would like to become. Of course, and I love the definition there. And I think that definition alone, along with obviously the the namesake and and the brand equity uh, makes it for a lot of our listeners here, a a potential uh, dream employer one day. I think, you know, a lot of marketers are uh, dream about one day working with Apple or Nike, but there's incredible brands in other realms that, uh, would make incredible, uh, you know, opportunities, and so it'll be interesting to to I- explore that further for some of our audience here, and maybe be, maybe they'll be the next wave of of awesome interns. But either way, I think to conclude our podcast here, some of my biggest takeaways: uh, the first thing we really touched base on was that loyalty. You know, being with a firm for twenty years—that's not often seen in marketing—and so I think the big takeaway for our audience here. Uh, is around you know sticking with it and working with uh, an employer that you see yourself potentially with for the long haul and and then as we think about you know data driven what are some of the missteps there ensuring that we understand the data that we see and not just data for the sake of more data uh, and then some interesting advice for that next generation of marketers is continually learn and evolve. Uh, what we see today and what our competitive advantage is today is going to shift. It's going to change and we need to evolve with it. Uh, and speaking of evolution, obviously these technologies, it's going to be vital that we stay on top of these and continue to sharpen our swords, sharpen our axe instead of just continuing to cut down the tree. Uh, Cheryl, it was incredible to have you on. Do you have any closing remarks or any anything that we missed? I think this has been a great conversation. Thanks so much for having me, Jake. I would just say to all of your listeners, um, you know, there's a there's a lot of opportunity out there. You know, be brave, take risks, and you know, great things will happen. So thanks again for having me, Jake. Of course, thank you. And I echo that same message. Now is the time to take those risks, explore those technologies, educate yourself, and continue growing. Go be a trendsetter today. Thank you all for tuning in to today's episode of the podcast. I will see you all next time.